we are at a wonderful time in the earth. Jesus said, lift up your eyes to the field, for they are white with harvest. And tonight we're going to talk about a biblical principle. Once you have received something from the Lord, the Bible says if you receive it, it will multiply and then you could give what you got. Say, I want to give what I've received. Because that's how it multiplies. In the economy of God, what you give is what you get more of. So if we get the blessings of God and withhold them from someone else, then our blessings don't multiply. Doesn't mean the Lord will take away a blessing. It just means it won't multiply. So if you would, I want you to look at your sheet. And we're going to start with a little Hebrew word called Barak. Everybody say Barak. This is what the word bless means in Hebrew. It means to kneel. To kneel to be blessed. So if you Barak somebody, according to this in the Hebrew, you would get down on your knees and then somebody's going to bless you. To bless oneself, to be blessed. This is my favorite one right here. To be adored. To cause to kneel. To bless oneself, to praise, to salute. Now in the beginning, God blessed creation. Everybody say, God blessed creation. God blessed. Okay, and then I'm going to ask some questions at the end. And we're going to see how attentive the young people and the family life have been. I usually start with the very back row and work my way forward and hit the wings. And I might just do helter-skelter. Since I know everybody's name in here, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you had a little momentary panic there, didn't you? That's a high school teacher for you, always watching the back and the sides, checking out the middle and the front, always watching to see what's going on. Just because you don't think I'm watching doesn't mean I'm not. Okay. God blessed them. Okay. This is the them that was living. These are creatures in the earth. Everybody say, God blessed them saying. God blessed them saying. So right here, God has established that a blessing is spoken speech. It's something you say. And this is what he said. He stretched out his hand or his voice or whatever presence he chose to manifest. And he said, be fruitful. Just like he said, let there be light. He just spoke over his stuff and said, be fruitful. Then he said, multiply. Fill the waters and the seas. If you don't have a copy of this, lift your hand, please. And if you don't mind, hold it up for a little bit there. Our ushers are doing their very best to get to you. And we will just pause for a moment. We can just lift that other hand and praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wasn't it a beautiful day today? Aren't you thankful for the sunshine? I don't care if it's 20 below. If the sun is shining, I'm feeling good. Hallelujah. All right. We're just about finished. Everybody's got a handout. All right. Fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. Genesis 1, 22. 22nd verse into the very beginning of everything and God's already blessing. First chapter. 
already saying stuff, already just encouraging, already pastor needs a handout. He's up here with both hands up. Looks like he's about ready to catch a football. There we go. I'd say that there's a touchdown. All right. Then I want you to look on your handout. What else did God bless? I should say whom? What's it say there? God blessed Adam and Eve and said, so blessing and saying go hand in hand. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it, have dominion over every living thing. And then you will find out that God blessed Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, and then these people blessed their own family members. Noah blessed his sons. Abraham blessed Isaac. God blessed Sarah. Isaac blessed Jacob. Rebecca's family blessed her. And Aksa came to her dad and said, you've given me a field. Give, give me a blessing. Give me a blessing. And he said, what do you want? And she said, I want springs. And he blessed her and gave her springs in the south and springs in the north. So blessings are associated with speech and result. I want you to think about that. So we say so-and-so got a blessing Sunday night. And what we mean that to be they had an emotional experience, and we saw the evidence of it. They cried, they danced, they shouted, maybe they ran, maybe they jumped. But in point of fact, that is not a biblical blessing. Now, that may be the result of you getting something, and I'm going to show you how important that is. But this blessing is more than a momentary emotion, okay? That's why it's so important that we understand it. Now let's look after all of these people that God blessed individually. And I think, yeah, did you get in the balcony? Let me see your, good, thank you. God commanded a national blessing and an individual blessing. What he said to Aaron and Moses was, and Moses had blessed the people before this, and Moses blessed the people after this. And sometimes there's one scripture where Aaron raised his hand he stretched out, that's where we get that. Aaron raised his hand and he began to bless the people. Well, God said, I want you to bless saying what I tell you to say. I want you to say these words. And these are the words that pastor spoke on Sunday morning and Sunday night. The Lord bless you and keep you. I put this in the New King James Version. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then the next verse that I didn't, that I didn't refer to Sunday, but pastor did, is verse 27. He's still speaking to Moses and Aaron. He tells them, say this. And then he tells them exactly what to say. The Lord bless you and keep you, so on and so forth. And then after he finishes telling them this word, he says, they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Now, 
I don't know if that they, he was talking to Moses and Aaron when he said, say this, and then he starts speaking, and they shall put my name. So I don't know if he suddenly said, and Moses and Aaron, and talking to himself, and Moses and Aaron are going to do this, or if he's saying, and I want the children of Israel, after you bless them, to put my name on the children. I want the children of Israel to put my name on their children, and I will bless them. The point is, whether he was telling Moses and Aaron to do it, or telling the people to do it, this blessing is sealed with a name. There has to be a name attached to this blessing. Just to say the words, now why would you name a name? We know that the New Testament says whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever comes out of your mouth, and whatever action you take, do all in the name of Jesus. Now, the amplified version of that says, do it as if you were representing Jesus Christ himself by what you say and do. So that whatever conversation we're having, whatever words we're using, whatever job we're doing, we are doing as if we were representing Jesus Christ. Now, every president since the beginning has had people represent him. They have legal authority to a certain point. There is a spokesperson in the White House for every president. They always have someone in charge of the press. And the last administration, the little press person would bring a notebook about this thick and while questions were being fired at that little spokesperson, she would simply, she made eye contact every now and then I think, but she spent most of her time flipping through a record of her boss's position on issues. And she spoke as if she were speaking for him not voicing her opinion on the subject, her ideas, but she would simply flip to a certain place in that book that dealt with issue X, and she would say, the president has already said, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And the president is going to do da-da-da-da-da-da-da, as he said in da-da-da-da-da-da-da. She did not say, that's a stupid question. If you ask me that question one more time, I'm throwing my high heel. She didn't get mad at him. She may have gotten flustered, but she was speaking on behalf of someone else. The president didn't take his own questions. When people do laundry for the president, they do that laundry as if they were going to give it directly to him because he's going to wear it. So that every action in that White House from the actual house itself to the people who represent him on the street is all lined up in a row with what does the president say? What does the president think? How does the president feel? 
what is the president's position? And really good spokespeople never allow themselves to be drawn into a discussion of whether what the president thinks is right or whether what the president thinks is wrong. They're sharp enough that they will just keep sidestepping those kind of value statements and keep repeating what the president has said. Now, Jesus far surpasses any president we've ever had. And he came as God in the form of a man and said, I'm going to show you how to be my spokesperson by becoming my own spokesperson. I'm going to be a son. And that's how come he would say, oh, father, because he was showing us how to turn around and go, oh, father. So that when we were confronted and tempted with things, we would not start trying to dream up an argument to win the discussion, but simply go back and say, it is written. 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 And all that time, Jesus would say, the words I speak are not my own. I simply repeat what my father tells me to say. In that way, he never got engaged in an argument or a fight. He never punched somebody's lights out. He just kept quoting scripture because he was saying, my father said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he was even careful the way he, he didn't say, my dad said, my dad said this. I just do what my dad tells me. Go ask my dad. He didn't go, my mom and dad won't let me. Boom. I'm not looking at that second row at all. <laughs> he didn't say, my mom won't let me. Joseph won't let me. I never heard Mary say, well, my husband won't let me. But Jesus' prayer was, I pray that everybody that follows me will be one just like you and I are one that everybody will get on the same page and that everybody that follows me will be quoting what's written in my book instead of saying, well, I don't believe you. Well, my personal opinion. Everybody smile. He said, I want you to say these words, the Lord bless you and keep you. And he didn't say, go ask them if they deserve it. He said, I just want you to say these words over the children of Israel. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. At the middle of that page, it says, The blessing is a spoken word that is fulfilled by whom? Which is why, if you get a blessing and you start reading the blessings of God. Now, I, I want to refer to a little anecdote here. I read something in the news about a very popular young man who's a singer who is probably a billionaire and I read his comments about his life and he said I have been so addicted to drugs and alcohol that there were nights when my security would sneak into the room to see if I was breathing. You would think that since I have all these things I would feel good, but all I feel is empty. I have all this money, 
and all this fame, but I feel empty. Do you know what that young man is crying out for? A blessing. Jacob's behavior was horrible. We all talk about Jacob, and I'm going to tell you, he was a liar and a cheat. We might as well just tell the truth, because he was. But in point of fact, they were twins. And, and actually, Jacob stuck his hand out of the womb first. Or Esau, one of them. They were so close that the first hand out, it was Esau, they wrapped a red thread around it because I'm guessing Jacob was actually born first. Now, why was it so important if there were twin boys to figure out whose arm came first? Because that first one out of the womb got everything, and the second guy got nothing. We're seeing that kind of played out in a little island country far, far away, where the, the firstborn is going to sit on the throne, and the secondborn is trying to find out who and where he needs to be. Because as wealthy as that family is, the instant it's known who's going to sit on the throne, that other one is treated differently. Now, Jacob was just a loser by a matter of seconds. And forget it, if you were a girl, you don't even count. Girls were traded like cattle, sold off, and then people paid money. In fact, fathers would give somebody money to take their daughter and marry him because girls were not expected to bring in anything but children, and that's what they were expected to do. So if you were a little girl in a royal family, forget about it. As soon as there was a boy, it's over. There are only a couple of instances in Western history where a woman sat on the throne not considered worthy. Wow. Being raised with that. Oh, well, let's break it down even more. The color of your skin worldwide, whether it's in Africa or Arab countries, or let's just say in Asian countries, the lighter you are, the more desirable you are. Is it right? No, it's not right. Is it fair? Nope. This world system is not fair and it's not right. It's wrong. It's wrong that just because a girl is born in China, where girls are not valued, that so many babies would have been drowned in buckets. Until now, there's a majority male population and not enough women to marry them. And you know what the problem is with that? Because it's girls that take care of seniors, not boys. So there are a lot of old people who've got sons who are living alone, just trying to make it. This is the way of the world. The first gets it. Everybody else, sorry. There's only room for one at the... See, you knew exactly what to say. How'd you know that? Because you know the way of the world. So Jacob felt rejected from the beginning because he was the right gender, he was in the right family, but he was just seconds from getting the mother load. And so it became apparent that one boy who knew he was going to get it all didn't give a rip about it at all. Sat around the campfire, listened to all the stories, and he'd rather be out hunting. 
He wasn't interested in legacy. He wasn't interested because he was going to inherit it all. So he didn't have to listen to the stories. His mom and dad probably bored him. And when it came time to marry, you know what he did? He didn't ask mom and dad, who should I marry? He went and found a couple of girls who didn't know anything about his family, about what they believed, about the promises of God. They were just good looking girls and that's who he married. 40 years old. And his twin brother had never taken a wife. Now I know people lived a little longer, but I'm talking about what it means to be blessed. He was going to get everything. Jacob stayed at home. Jacob learned how to dress the lambs and Jacob learned how things operated and I think Jacob must have learned how to keep sheep watching his dad. But Esau was off having a good time making babies, hunting, fishing. He was going to get everything. And Jacob, the considerate, sensitive one, was going to get zero. Well, then his mother decided, I got to do something. Because God had spoken to Rebecca when she was pregnant and struggling and said, the elder is going to serve the younger. I'm sure Rebecca told Isaac that, but he did not have the courage. He didn't have the wherewithal. You can say it would have been culturally unacceptable. Isaac said, I'm not listening to that woman. The firstborn is the firstborn. He's going to get everything. It doesn't matter that he didn't ask us. And the Bible said that those two girls were a grief to their family because they didn't care anything about Israelite history. They didn't care anything about conquest. They got him a good looking man. They're having babies. They don't give a rip about all that. We want a party, the here, the now. He was a here now kind of guy and they were here now kind of girls. That's who he married and that's who he was and that's what he wanted and God allowed him to do it. But when it came time to receive a blessing, how can you bless behavior that's not blessed? Rebecca saw and she was like, these girls and their kids are going to get Sarah's stuff. These girls and their kids are going to take this precious heirloom. The, they'll trash it. They don't want our heirlooms. It doesn't mean anything to them. And I imagine she lit into Isaac. Isaac, these girls don't care a thing for this handmade quilt. They don't care a thing for all this. And so Rebecca said, I'm going to have to do something because he won't. So when Isaac got blind and old and ready to die, she said, Jacob, come here. It's not right. What she was about to do was no better than what he had been doing. It was going to create a whole lot of problems. But I want to show you, I'm trying to show you something here. Jacob was living right next to a blessing, but he didn't feel blessed. And so he sneaked in. His brother must have been a very hairy man for them to put skins on his arms and his neck. I'm telling you, the boy was hairy. I mean, the very thought of that right there, that just, hey, hey now, mm-mm, I know. I'm with you, Lord, pick Jacob. So they covered him up with hair and sent him in 
And Jacob said, if my dad finds out what I'm doing, he's going to curse me. The words that are going to come out of his mouth, I will remember for the rest of my life. She said, you trust me. I am going to take a lamb, and I, he, doesn't, he can't distinguish between lamb and venison anyway. I'm going to fix it like he likes it, and you take that in there, and you get that blessing before your brother comes back. Oh, you know it's going to blow up. It's going to get nuclear. It's going to get atomic in that household. It's going to be ugly. He goes in. Isaac stretches out his hand and begins to say the words. Now I want to tell you something. It is my belief that every baby born on this planet ought to hear those kind of words. I think that every little girl ought to be cherished as if she were going to be the next queen of England. I think every little boy ought to be loved and nurtured, given boundaries. Oh, my word. I'm going to tell you something right now. After reading how these people live that are being prepared for the throne, I think I cherish my children much better. I've never left my kids for six months at a time to do my job. You understand me? I don't know that you do. Cherished is a whole lot different than here. You're the next in line. This blessing said to be adored. I don't think Jacob felt adored. I think he felt like a reject. And he acted like one. He was a liar and a cheat. I don't think Isaac and Rebecca had a great marriage, if you just want to know the truth, because I think Rebecca probably talked to him, and I don't think he listened. And yet, somehow, God was able to get through that because past Rebecca and Isaac came a blessing to a nation. God still used them in spite of their inability to say the words. Isaac wasn't going to say those words until he got near death. And that was the only way he was going to say them. It's a wonder Esau even stayed home when he did. I wonder what other words he could have said that did not. Lots of children hear words when they're little. They're not encouraging words, nourishing words, blessing words. And their parents, no matter how hard they try, you can't be there all the time. You can't give them everything they need. You can give them clothes and shelter and food, but very clearly, that's not enough. This young man who has food, shelter, clothing, a lovely young wife, is a miserable soul. He admitted it. I sent it to my family. I said, this is so moving to me. He has everything every kid is longing for. Fame, talent, ability. And he said, I'm so empty. I couldn't believe he said it. I'd have sent you the article. I bet you'd know his name, but I don't want to say that publicly. That was a cry of a heart that has not been blessed. Jacob takes off running from Esau. His dad calls him in once he realizes it was Jacob I blessed. You know the next thing he said? Don't you take a wife like your brother did from these people. They don't get us. He finally accepted, I'm going to have to accept Esau's choices. I would have given him everything, but his choices have removed him from the blessing. I want to live like I want. Bless me. Approve me. That's not the first time we've heard that. Cain said, I want to offer what I want to offer, and you bless it. If I want to give you a piece of wheat, you take it and go, thank you, that's awesome. We're living in a that's awesome mentality right now where I want to give what I want to give and you tell me how good I am. 
And the Lord said, if you do well, you'll be accepted. You'll get a blessing. But if you don't do well, I can't bless bad behavior. And so Isaac turned to Jacob and said, when you get ready to make a marriage, don't you marry some of these people here who don't understand what a blessing is and don't want to know what a legacy is. Don't do it. Jacob took off. And you know, he worked for seven years and seven more. And then he came home with his cattle and his children and he was scared to meet Esau. And on the way, at night, he had a wrestling match. And I think he thought it was Esau come to kill him. Because it was dark and whoever was fighting him was going to kill him. And I think Jacob knew, I would have killed you if you'd have done that to me. And so he figured that whoever got a hold of him in the dead of night and was wrestling. And they, that wasn't the game they were playing. That wasn't trying to say who's going to cry uncle first. I'm telling you, a man attacked Jacob in the middle of the night. And Jacob fought for his life, pinned him down and said these words. I won't let you go till you bless me. He wanted his brother to forgive him. He wanted his brother to say words that would let him go free. I love you, Jacob. You're going to be great. You're a better leader than I am. I wish I could have been like you. I just didn't care for all that stuff. Mom and dad were always talking about promises and God and stuff, and I didn't want it. But Jacob, you did good. And he said to this figure that was wrestling him, tell me who you are. Do you know why? Because I think he figured out this is not Esau. Tell me your name. And the man said, why do you want to know my name? And then it says he blessed him. And he touched him on the thigh while he was wrestling. And when he got up, he was in pain and blessed. It changed Jacob's character to be in the presence of somebody that could help him fill the emptiness of parental rejection and brother-sibling rivalry and hatred and running and fear. And then he fought with his father-in-law. That man had cattle and sheep and kids and wives when he left, but he was full of fear. He needed a blessing. And I came to tell you that Jesus said, I want to tell you what a blessing is. I want you to look at your page here. The New Testament blessing, that word that is fulfilled filled by God says to praise to celebrate with praises to invoke blessings to consecrate a thing with solemn prayers to ask God's blessing on a thing to pray God to bless it to one's youth that's why we pray over a meal God, may the blessing of God rest on this food in Jesus' name. Got to be sealed with a name. To pronounce a consecratory blessing on. You know what that means? That means that when Caitlin was little, she would say, Mama, tell me about me. Do you know what she was asking for? A blessing. Caitlin, before you were born, we asked the Lord for you and your sister. Tell me about me, Mama. 
we prayed, God, send us the child of your choosing. Rather than a child just thinking you were a happenstance or a coincidence or an oops. And that's what people do, but that's not what God does. Which is why the blessing of the Lord is greater than all the good job, honey, and the you're awesome. I'm telling you, you can tell a kid 50 times you're wonderful. You're doing great. You did super. You sing like an angel. We'll pay millions to buy your records. But at the end of the day, there is an emptiness because you don't know me. But there is a God in heaven. And the last thing this boy said is, what is my purpose on this planet? He's crying out. For the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to stretch out his hand and say, You need a blessing from me, son. I'm your daddy. I fathered you. I fathered your species. I know who you are and where you are. That's why it's so foolish to watch uh, work two, three, four, five, seven jobs. Say you're going to be a millionaire by the time you're 35. And you have nothing but paper and coins. And on the inside, you're just as empty as you could be. I hear Jacob crying, bless me. I'll get it by hook or crook. Bless me. In the end of his life, you'll see. Finally, Jacob gets it. He said, I've seen so much trouble in my life. I've struggled. I buried my beloved Rachel and I buried Leah. I've had war and my children have given me trouble. But the Lord was with me. The capital A angel kept me. What are you saying, Jacob? I finally realized it wasn't the birthright that I needed. It wasn't the cattle and the sheep. It was the blessing of God. God. Hallelujah. The blessing of God. Not my daddy's blessing. Not my mama's blessing. Not pleasing my friends. Not pleasing my husband or my wife. But God bless me. Your family's going to let you down. Right now there are people, if you have more than two children in a family, you've already got one kid that feels more favored than the other. What you going to do about that? How are you going to equalize the differences in ability? And how can you prove to a kid, I don't love you more than your brother. I don't love you more than your sister. I don't love you more because you're a boy and your sister less because she's a girl. I'm telling you the reality is, it doesn't matter how hard you try to equalize color and gender and ability. There's only one place you can go where you say, I feel truly blessed. It is the blessing of the Lord. Oh, let's lift our hands right now so Jesus said God said bless the nation and Jesus said this love your family love your mother and your father And love your grandma and grandpa, love your church, love your pastor. You're supposed to do all that anyway. But Jesus took it a step higher. What did he say? Love your enemies. Matthew 5 and 44. Bless them that. Now this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. 
But when you start realizing why people act the way they act, and you realize, Jesus said, before he got down to there, you're salt and light, you are supposed to come in contact with cursing people, and I'm telling you the truth, on the way to church tonight, tonight on the freeway, I had the right-of-way. And I was going to merge onto the freeway. And somebody coming from across the intersection, turning left. Now, everybody knows, is it right that I have the right-of-way turning right on a green light? Do I have the right-of-way? Well, evidently, this young man didn't think so. So when he saw me coming, he sped up and cut in front of me and so I accelerated because I'm going to get on the freeway and when he saw me accelerate behind him he lifted his fingers and dropped two and I said may the Lord bless and keep you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now you go look at the bottom of what I wrote on that paper. Do you know what the Lord bless and keep you means? When I say those words according to that ancient text, according to what Jesus said, I have just directed heaven's attention right down to that young man with that finger in the air. I didn't yell it. I didn't say it with unkindness. Caitlin didn't know what my lesson was. And she started quoting with me. What did I do? I brought heaven's eye right down to somebody in need. May the Lord bless God, look at him right there. He cursed me. He needs help. No, he needs a ticket. <laughs> he needs a tail beating. He needs some home training and a mama. But right now, the best I can do is to cut that curse to the ground and come home with a blessing. Because what he doesn't know is every time he flips that finger, he is damning himself. He's full of anger and rage and hurt. Every time he lets his mouth rip with F-D, when he drops that F-bomb and he feels so powerful, he is just shredding his own blessing to bits. Today, he crossed the path of salt and light. And I stopped his curse right where he dropped it and turned around and gave a blessing to a young man I'll probably never see again. But according to the word of the Lord, if I say that word, I'm fronting for someone who said, let there be light and there was light. Be fruitful and multiply. Now we either believe it or we don't. May the Lord bless and keep you. God, I saw where he got off. I don't know what neighborhood he's going to. I don't know what house he's going to pull up to. I don't know what he's fixing to buy. But according to your word, I directed your eye right down on that boy. Keep him for what he's about to do. What? 
Well, I just want to flip him back off. I'd like to give him a cluster of bananas right there. <laughs> How about I give you six for one, buddy? May God single you out and keep you in his focus. Now, if God would ask us to do this to those that curse us, what do you think he'd want us to do to those that love us? The Lord make his face shine upon you. You know what that means? Come here, Siobhan. No, 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 no. I need somebody who's not afraid to be seen on camera. All right, come here, Siobhan. All right, did you see what I just did? I called her name, didn't I? All right. Siobhan, I just want you to walk along here. Just walk. Okay. She's done something naughty. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Now, what she doesn't know is the presence of the Lord is on her. Now, God's waiting. He's getting ready to make his face to shine. Stop. Oh. If his face is going to shine, that means we're going to have to have face time. You know what you're setting up somebody for when you say, may the Lord make his face shine on you? Eye contact. Do you see that? When you say those words over your kids, over your enemies, over people you love, and you say, my children aren't living for God, you sneak a blessing in their pillow, under their mattress, you cram it in their clothes drawer, you put it somewhere, you, you say, I will not stop blessing, but their behavior is horrible. But I know it, and they're enemies, and they hate me, and they're hateful, and they're full of hatred, and God, if you don't save them, I'm, uh, what are you, am I gonna scream and cry, and you need to change, and da 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 da, and um, no, 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 that young man is gone, he's gone. The only thing I could say when we crossed is, Lord, Now, he flipped me off, but he's got something trailing along behind him he's going to have to deal with. He doesn't know that. But at some point, if this works like the Bible says it does, then that boy at some point, I don't know when, where, how, maybe never in front of me, he's going to have a God encounter. He's going to have a moment, maybe just 30 seconds before eternity. How important is that? Well, I think it's pretty stinking important. May he make his face shine upon you. Then read me the next part, please. No, there's a part before that. Okay, may the Lord, is that the second line? May the Lord bless and keep you. Read it again. Make his face to shine upon you. And okay, thank you. And be gracious. So when the Lord sees this boy at the God encounter, my guess is he's not going to be all dressed up. My guess is he's going to, the Lord's going to see him as he really is. You know what gracious means? And may God, when he sees you, overlook all this. It's like seeing kids on the playground. And somebody saying, that one there is mine. Ah. I got my eye on you now. I'm following you. I'm going to arrange an encounter. Oh, you're stinky. Oh, you've been playing. Oh, you're dirty. Oh, you're a mess. You don't look like anything anybody but a mama could love. He said, I am the everlasting father. Only a father. May the Lord make his face shine. And when he does, 
may not go up out of my sight. Hold your gaze. Now what does it say? Be gracious and then what? Lift up his countenance. Now we're moving in. I've got your attention. Now you want to see how you lift up a countenance? Can all y'all see? Watch what happens when I lift up my countenance. Watch me, then watch her. Are you ready? Everybody watching? Did you see? What did I do? I smiled. What did she, how did she respond? She almost started giggling, didn't she? Just as natural. Are you seeing this? This is what a blessing is. It's God drawing broken, hurting people close to him. Instead of the cursing they've heard at home and the words that have cut that children carry for the rest of their lives. When you say those words, your daddy can say them, but it doesn't do what God in heaven does. When you quote those words, now I'll say this, when you begin to feel that blessing, no one has to nag on you to change. Do you know what, you know what, one of the reasons I'm homeschooling, I'm going to create such a bond that when temptation comes, I want her to think twice about what would Jana say if I, what's my lane going to say? What's my mom and my daddy? What are you doing? I'm building a legacy of love. If love can't hold this child, then fear certainly won't. If love can't hold this child, then gifts won't hold her. If love can't hold this child, then intimidation and threatening. But I'm telling you, when you build a relationship, when you've had FaceTime and presence, and the blessing of the Lord is access to the presence and the power of God, and it is written in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's not a Viking cruise. It's not winning the lottery. It's bringing people face to face with God. And instead of judgment, they find mercy. Instead of condemnation, they find grace. Oh, we need to bless and be blessed. Lift your hands right now. Who will say the words? May he smile at it on you. And then finally, give you, now this is what's amazing to me. He could have given anything. He could have given millions of dollars. He could have said, I'm going to give you houses and lands and I'm going to give you a husband or a wife. But he said, I'm going to give you what you really need. What did he say he'd give? Say it. In exchange for standing in the presence of God, that person we bless has an opportunity to bring broken marriages, broken lives, bad behavior, name it. All the reasons people give for messing up. All the reasons people give for walking out of families. All the reasons kids give for disobeying parents and rebelling and doing things they ought not to do. If they could just get into the presence of God. 
all that stuff in there, that turmoil about being accepted and wanting to be somebody and driving myself to be a millionaire and I got to have this and I got to have that. He said, I will exchange your turmoil for my peace. Ushers, I'm ready for you. Our church has gone through a lot. And Sunday morning and Sunday night, we blessed you from our hearts. I can tell you right now, if, if teaching, preaching, the presence of God can't hold you, we cannot hold you. I can't make you stay in your marriage. I can't make you mind your parents. I can't make you live right when no one's looking. I can't police what you see on the internet and what you send in a text. But I can tell you this right now. If you ever get a hold of the love of God, it will hold you like nothing else will. It'll keep you sane when you feel like going crazy. It'll keep you straight when you feel like you're going to fall apart. It will give you strength to keep you from going back to the way you used to be and the way you used to live. And will open you up to places you've never been before and take you like Jacob all the way around the world and show you what true blessedness is. So here we go. You've got family and you've got friends. We're giving you a little card and I ran off 300 of them. Because the other day I pulled up to another McDonald's window. No, it was Wendy's. And there was a woman there. I heard her voice over the loudspeaker. She said, welcome to Wendy's. May I have your order, please? And I said, yes, you may. And I placed my order and I pulled up. And something in her tone touched me. And I said, you have the sweetest voice. Do you go to church anywhere? No. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look. Oh, but they'll, I, I'd be ashamed. You'd be ashamed to give somebody who's working at a window, no telling how many hours a week, say, you know what? You've been so kind to me. I want to give you something I want to bless you. Could I, could I give you a blessing? Say, well, I, I, I can't do that. Well, then I can tell you something. I can't help you because that's what the Bible said do. When that, if the, if the Lord would tell you to bless somebody who gives you a solid cussing, then what about the little people that, that you see every day that, do your dry cleaning and your laundry and you meet at the laundromat. And what about the girl that gives you donuts at Jolly Pirate? And people that no one ever stops to thank or say hello or goodbye to. You just pay your money and get your product. I'm having a hunger now. I'm starting to see everywhere I look weary, tired people. And I'm thinking to myself, if this is how our church feels and we have loved on you and, and prayed and wept with you and carried you and cared for you, I can't imagine what people outside these walls are feeling. So I'm going to challenge you. I want you to take this card. And from now till Sunday, I want you to find somebody to bless. Now, I don't give them out everywhere. But if I would have had this card with me that day I pulled into Wendy's. In fact, I said, I'd like to invite you to church. It's over here on 21st Street. Christian Apostolic Church. I just had to say it because it was like, you look so tired. I bet you've got little kids at home. 
I bet your kids are ba being babysat by some preschool and you wish that you had a family member you could trust to take care of those kids. I wish we could cherish your kids like we cherish these. I wish every little child in Newark, I've heard stories, I wish children here could hear these words coming out of their mom and daddy's mouth. I wish that every person, that when husbands and wives are conflicting, I wish that one of you would get on your knees and take this card in there and say, Lord, I pray you'd bless him and keep him. I pray you'd make your face shine on I wish you'd take a photograph of people in your family and take it in your prayer closet and lay this blessing down and say, God, will you bless them? Will you turn your attention? Pick them out of a crowd. We can't save everybody. This reminds me where to get this card. This reminds me of the story of the little boy and the starfish and the storm that washed up thousands, millions, and one old man was walking down by the seashore, picking up one starfish and throwing him in, and picking up another. And a little boy came up and said, you know, you're not going to make any difference at all. Look, there are millions. And he picked up a starfish and said, I'm going to make a difference to this one. And I'm going to make a difference to this one. God didn't ask you to save Newark. But he said, what about the people you shop with? What about the kids in your own home? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Who can you see? Close your eyes right now, Lord. The fields are white to the harvest and we're inviting friends and family and there are people cussing on the highways and cussing in neighborhoods and there are people that we walk past every day and I've seen hundreds of them sitting when I'm flying from one city to the next and to my horror there have been moments when I've seen darling little girls dancing down the concourse where I'm sitting getting ready to fly and the thought come to me that child will spend someplace in eternity and I've said to myself what can I do oh I want you to take that card in your hand that you got tonight and hold it Lord I got a blessing let me give a blessing I want you to hold that card up before the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here I am, Lord. Lift that card up, Lord. Take my card. Make me a blessing in my home. If you haven't blessed your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, then that's where you...